0: 1 Kings chapter 22 and verse 51. 1 Kings chapter 22 and verse 51. 1 and 2 Kings were originally one book. The division is somewhat artificial. And so we shall be going through the last three verses. Uh, of 1 Kings 22, and straight into 2 Kings chapter 1. Now we read in verse 51 of 1 Kings 22, Ahaziah, the son of Ahab, began to reign over Israel in Samaria, the seventeenth year of Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, and reigned two years over Israel. Let us remember, of course, that the kingdom... Is divided, there's a northern kingdom of Israel and a southern kingdom of Judah. So we read about two sets of kings in the two different kingdoms. Now, uh, we are being referred here to King Ahaziah. We see his parentage, he was the son of Ahab. Well, that, of course, is a very bad sign because Ahab uh, was one of the most wicked kings of Israel of all time. Now Ahaziah's reign was very short. It was from 853 to 852 BC, and it was barely two full years. Uh, And the reign of Ahaziah was cut short by God's decree. And we see in verse 52 of Ahaziah, that he did evil in the sight of the Lord. Uh, And here again we are reminded that rulers are primarily answerable to God. Uh, Not to the people, but to the God who installed them in their office. And so uh, leaders, governments, kings, presidents... They have an awesome responsibility. And Ahaziah did evil in the sight of the Lord. The Lord is watching what rulers are doing, what governments are doing. Ahaziah's mode of government is evil, it's wicked, it's defiant of God's commandments. And so Ahaziah was bringing trouble upon his nation. The destinies of nations are in God's hands and he judges them according to their obedience to him. Uh, We really need to emphasise this important biblical doctrine in our own day uh, because modern Britain is fast uh, drifting uh, into a multi-faith identity and Already we are seeing on national occasions a multi-faith presence, for example at uh, memorial services, and we must emphasise to those round about us who do not understand these things that the nation has to honour the one true Trinitarian God who manifests himself in Jesus Christ. And as much as we love our Muslim neighbour, our God is not Allah. The Christian God and the God of the Muslims are different gods. And of course there's only one true God. And so it is important that we emphasise these things. Uh, In Jeremiah 18 and verse 6 we read, As the clay is in the potter's hand, so are ye in mine hand, O house of Israel. So there we are plainly told that nations are in God's hands as clay in a potter's hand. There will only be national blessings if there is first national righteousness. And so what a vital role we have today to impart this reality Uh, to the majority of people who have no understanding whatsoever of these things. So we read in verse 52, Ahaziah did evil in the sight of the Lord and walked in the way of his father and in the way of his mother Jezebel and in the way of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, who made Israel to sin. Uh, Jeroboam reigned in the previous uh, century. Uh, he reigned 931 to 910 BC. Uh, so Ahaziah uh, followed in the steps of his wicked mother and father. Uh, and he also emulated his God defying predecessor, Jeroboam, who was the first king of the ten northern tribes when Israel was tragically divided. And so we see then that under Ahaziah, the situation is one of national apostasy, national turning away from the one true God and much idolatry, much false religion in the land, because these were the sins of Ahab, Jezebel, and Jeroboam, that they promoted false religion, that they promoted idol worship. And Ahaziah followed in that same multi-faith direction. Uh, Jezebel came from the idolatrous kingdom of Tyre and Sidon. Uh, She personally sponsored uh, 850 false prophets, prophets of false gods. Uh, Yet Ahab, a king of Israel, remember, married this non-Israelite idol worshipper. Now, when we assert the uniqueness of the Christian faith, Uh, We are really up against it in modern Britain. In fact, we've now reached the stage that to assert the uniqueness of Christianity will actually cause us much trouble. It may even put us in danger. It will seriously tarnish our reputations. That's the kind of environment that has been created. Because many today... and and, and they're usually well-educated people in the media, and all the politicians, Um, they are arguing that to embrace diversity in religious matters uh, is the ultimate virtue. Uh, But we need to remember uh, that false religion is satanic in origin. And... uh, modern people in in their so-called liberal sophistication um, have become very naive. And uh, if they hear Bible-believing Christians calling other religions false, um, they immediately say, oh, you're guilty of hate speech. You're guilty of being uncharitable. You're guilty of showing prejudice. You are being bigoted. Well... That um, is a very naive and even childish response uh, to what is a profound theological issue. The Bible, both in Old and New Testaments, clearly teaches that false religion is satanic in origin. So there's far more to this than just adopting a casual, well-live-and-let-live kind of attitude. People's eternal souls are at stake. Uh, And if large numbers of people in our society are following a false religion, they are actually doing what the devil himself wants. So Christians uh, cannot remain silent about this. Uh, They have to take a stand. And it does not mean that you hate anybody uh, of a false religion if you say that their religion is false. Uh, and for some reason the liberal establishment cannot seem to grasp that, that you can say someone's religion is false without hating them. Indeed, it is an aspect of our love to our neighbour that we tell them that Jesus Christ is the only way. In spiritual matters, there, there simply can be no mingling of the false and the true, because spiritual evil is a reality. and uh, Satan is very active in the world. Uh, the Apostle Paul tells us in Ephesians 6, and verse 11, uh, Put on the whole armour of God, that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. And, and we are now in a very dangerous situation in, in modern Britain uh, because, obviously because of the age of the Queen, uh, we are getting near to a stage where Prince Charles uh, could come to the throne and he has already openly stated uh, that he wants to be a defender of all faiths, not just the Christian faith. And, and one wonders... Uh, Therefore, if Prince Charles really understands uh, the Christian gospel, we have to assert the uniqueness of the Christian revelation and that other religions are inspired by Satan. We still love our neighbour who belongs to those other religions, but we do have to assert this truth. Uh, 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 And so looking at 1 Kings 22 here, the religion of Ahab and Jezebel was actually demonic in origin. And so one cannot remain dispassionate about this. Uh, the same applies to the religion of uh, Jeroboam. Uh, yet Ahaziah, as we are reading here, in this verse 51, was emulating, in verse 52, was emulating the practices Uh, of his idolatrous forebears Um, now let's just remind us for example of what Jeroboam once did Uh, 1 Kings 12 and verse 28 Uh, we are told of Jeroboam the king took counsel and made two calves of gold and said unto them it is too much for you to go up to Jerusalem behold thy gods O Israel Israel which brought thee up out of the land of Egypt. And he set the one in Bethel, and the other he put in Dan. And so Jeroboam, remember he's the king of Israel, he encouraged the people to worship these two idols, which he set up in his northern kingdom. uh, Two golden calves. Um, And he had reasons for doing that. He had political reasons for encouraging false religion. Uh, And he established these idols in the northern part and the southern part of his kingdom. Now, the Egyptians worshipped the gods called Apis and Menevis, and they worship these two gods by means of images of oxen. And it was Jeroboam who drew on that practice. He, he borrowed the practice of the Egyptians. And so he was trying to syncretize, bring together the worship of Israel and combine it with the way the surrounding nations worship, particularly Egypt. And so uh, he was doing this uh, because he didn't want the people in his northern kingdom to go down to Jerusalem, to the temple, in order to worship, because that was now in a different country. And so he had political reasons for encouraging force. Worship, and, and if you look at the state of Britain today, there are enormous political reasons uh, for publicly denying that Christianity is unique truth. And indeed, we've almost reached the stage in modern Britain that if a, an MP were to say other religions are false, Jesus Christ is the only truth, uh, he, he would probably uh, be deselected. That, that, that's where we're at in modern Britain. And so here we have a king promoting the religions coming together for political reasons. Uh, But contemporary liberal secularism refuses to recognise even the concept of a false religion. It is far more politically expedient to argue that all religions are equally legitimate and, and, and you must respect other religions and, and this is what British values is all about it's all about encouraging people to respect other religions Now, as Christians this is not how we look at things as Christians we love our neighbor but we don't respect his false demon inspired beliefs and that's the difference which the liberal establishment cannot understand or grasp. And and so we cannot respect a false religion. We cannot respect a religion which says, Jesus Christ is not the Son of God. And um, every week when we go into the open air, we, we have Muslims coming up and telling us, Jesus Christ is not the Son of God. We cannot respect that. We disagree with our Muslim friends. We don't hate them, but we can't respect them. Uh, But this British Values Initiative is saying uh, that we have to respect forced religion. Well, we cannot do that. And what we are now witnessing uh, is a systematic undermining uh, of our notions distinctly Christian identity under the secularist smokescreen uh, of so-called tolerance. Um, and, And so the people who are actually opposed to biblical truth will use all kinds of fine sounding arguments to justify their position. They will use words like equality, tolerance, not being prejudiced, embracing diversity, all these kinds of arguments to discredit Bible-believing Christians. Uh, and, and those who do make a stand in, on Scripture and who say the Bible gives us unique truth, it's the only truth, they will be accused of being radical extremists. Uh, and this is the tactics of the liberal establishment. We, What we hold to in this church in the eyes of the liberal establishment we are radical extremists. Uh, That is how they view us. We are a threat to social cohesion. And we need to realise then uh, just how much the powers that be are actually against Bible believing Christians. Um, but as we look at a king here who is promoting multi-faith worship, namely Ahaziah, uh, we must see how angry God is uh, with Ahaziah because we read in verse 53 here, he served Baal and worshipped him and provoked to anger the Lord God of Israel according to all that his father had done. So Ahaziah's encouragement of false religion provoked the Lord to anger. God is angry with false religion. Ahaziah was encouraging the worship of Baal. Uh, Baal was the supreme uh, male Canaanite deity. Baal was the god of fertility. Uh, and Baal worship was also linked to the worship of the sun and of the planet Jupiter this then is the kind of idolatry which Ahaziah is encouraging and God's anger comes down upon the whole nation as a result because many people are going along with what their leader is telling them Now as we move into 2 Kings uh, and verse 1 of chapter 1 we read then Moab rebelled against Israel after the death of Ahab. And and, and so we read here of a political and military problem uh, and, and that problem was one of the consequences of Ahab's wicked reign and of his idolatry. You see the Lord will not allow nations which defy him and which promote false religion to continually prosper. Uh, Where God is ignored, national stability can never be guaranteed. The Moabites rebel against Israel. They had been subject to Israel since the time of David. Uh, But during Ahab's reign, uh, Israel had been defeated by Syria. And so this now encourages Moab to rebel against Israel's sovereignty. So, if a nation turns to false gods, it exposes itself to all kinds of problems and calamities. You see, the well-being of A nation is not just about levels of taxation, it's not just about how much is being spent on the NHS and education. The well being of a nation is conditional upon its standing before the one true Trinitarian God. And so, as we view our own nation's departure from biblical Christianity in our day, and indeed, of its embracing of other faiths, uh, this will inevitably lead to a national weakening, militarily, economically, socially, and politically. And and, and this is the profound reality behind these words. In verse 1, Moab rebelled against Israel after the death of Ahab. Now, uh, we've seen Ahaziah uh, is a king promoting false religion, doing evil in the sight of the Lord. And we read of him in verse 2 here, he fell down through a lattice in his upper chamber that was in Samaria and was sick, seriously injured uh, and possibly in danger of dying from the injury. Now, the Lord's anger with Ahaziah's bell worship is reflected in this accident which he undergoes. Uh, it is an injury which will ultimately prove fatal to him. Uh, the king falls through a balcony or high-level window which has a latticework shutter attached to it. He has not long been on the throne, but God brings him prematurely down. He does not complete two years of reigning. You see, we've already been told in verse 53 of the previous chapter, Ahaziah served Baal and worshipped him and provoked to anger the Lord God of Israel according to all that his father had done. And, And so here we see Ahaziah coming under a providential rebuke from the Lord. Non-believers do not benefit from God's special providential protection. They are constantly exposed to the possibility of God's sudden judgment. Uh, this is not to say that believers uh, will never be subject to what we call accidents or illnesses. Of course, we know that they are. But in the case of believers, their calamities are not punitive and destructive. God has a higher purpose in them and they work for the believer's ultimate good. The non-Christian, however, may be stopped in his sinful tracks at any time when the Almighty deems it fit to do so. And here we see God raising his hand against Ahaziah. He falls through a window. And that in itself is an apt picture of the danger that every non-Christian puts himself in by thinking That he can live out his life in defiance of his maker. Judgment might come at any moment and in any manner. He who trusts in Christ, however, is always the object of God's special care. We know that because scripture is full of assurances to that effect. Uh, one such example is Psalm 91 verse 10 concerning the believer. There shall no evil before thee neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling for he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. So there we are being told that when there are plagues, sicknesses Uh, natural disasters and other judgments, uh, assailing the generality of men, the believer will know God's special protection. God is able to preserve the believer from being a part of the general calamity. And and we have a wonderful uh, biblical example of that. Um, regarding the Israelites in Egypt when God sent the plagues upon Egypt. The Israelites were in the same country but they did not undergo the plagues. Of course, uh, it will often be the case that believers are caught up in common disasters with the rest of men When we know by simple observation that uh, that happens. We, like the rest of men, live in this fallen world. But if we as believers are caught up in these common afflictions, for us they do not have a punitive uh, aspect to them. And, and that is the great difference. Uh, and so we as Christians might, might be caught up in some uh, calamity that comes upon the nation, um, such as an earthquake, or a flooding, or economic collapse. Uh, but for us, even though we will have to endure that affliction, it is not punitive in the way that it is to the unbeliever. We are not coming under judgment, as the non-believer is so prone to do. Uh, and Ahaziah here is, is coming under God's judgment, yet the Lord is giving him opportunity to repent and come to his senses. Uh, So we read in this uh, second verse of chapter 1, Ahaziah sent messengers and said unto them, go inquire of Beelzebub, the god of Ekron, whether I shall recover of this disease. So here we see where Ahaziah's heart really lies. Because of his illness, he seeks to enquire of the false god, Beelzebub. Now that word means the exalted Baal. Uh, This idol um, is actually called in verse 2, Beelzebub, ending in B, uh, which means the Lord of the Flies. Uh, This term of contempt uh, is used here uh, rather than the god's actual name, Beelzebul. Now, this false god was particularly worshipped in the Philistine city of Ekron. And so we learn that Ahaziah, remember he's the king of Israel, is attracted by the occultic fortune-telling nature of Baal worship. And just as many people are today who turn to horoscopes for guidance. And and so Ahazar is is immersed in in this cult of Baal worship. And this cult, depending on where exactly it was practiced, um, comprised, as we have said, both the worship of the sun And of the planet Jupiter. Um, Jupiter uh, was regarded as the Earth's sovereign ruler. And the sun uh, was regarded as being responsible for the produce of the Earth. And so this is the idolatry that Ahaziah was getting involved in. You see, fallen men have a tendency to worship what they can see. This is what the atheists are constantly telling us today. Well, we reject your Bible because we have no evidence. We have no evidence Jesus Christ rose from the dead, so uh, we will reject what you say. Um, And so it's the same principle that that is behind the worship of the planets. You see, men have to see something they think. Uh, Of course, Uh, They are blinded by Satan and and they will worship anything other than the one true God who is spirit. Now Ahaziah seeks to inquire of Baal in order to find out whether he's going to recover from this very serious injury that he has suffered. And, And so he seeks to know the future from this false god. But the knowledge of the future is God's prerogative alone we should never ever uh, seek to know the future by uh, occultic means and so the word of god clearly denounces all such practices uh, but one of the characteristics of baal worship Was this emphasis upon astrological prediction? Um, And so this is a real problem, and Ahaziah has been deceived. False religion panders to man's sinful curiosity. And remember, it is Satan uh, behind. All these attempts to try and foretell the future. And so God is angry with Ah Ahaziah. And so we read in verse 3 here. The angel of the Lord said to Elijah the Tishbite, Arise, go up to meet the messengers of the king of Samaria. And say unto them, Is it not because there is not a God in Israel that ye go to inquire of Beelzebub, the God of Ekron? Uh, And notice here that Ahaziah is called the king of Samaria. Uh, Samaria is simply another name for Israel. Uh, God now tells Elijah to intercept Ahaziah's messengers, going to inquire of Beelzebub. And notice here in verse 3 that we see uh, the second person of the Trinity, the eternal son of God, active In the Old Testament period. He is the angel of the Lord. The angel of the Lord said to Elijah the Tishbite. Arise. Go up to meet the messengers of the king. Uh, And so. These messengers need to be stopped and confronted. They are on a false and wicked mission. The king needs to realize That by going to the God of Ekron. He is rejecting the one true God of Israel. How is it that a king of Israel. The nation miraculously delivered from slavery in Egypt. Should be resorting to this non-existent Philistine God. For guidance. Is there no God in Israel. None who has never powerfully manifested his presence before. And so Elijah is telling the king that he should be ashamed of deserting the one true God. And that is what we should be telling our nation today. And that is why it is important to refer to great acts of God in this nation's recent history. That's why Uh, We often focus upon the two national days of prayer in 1940. Why is the nation, our own nation today, deserting the God who has done so much for us? The God who has created such a wonderful quality of life. Why does half the world want to come and live in Britain today? It is because of the quality of life that the Christian gospel has created and so we need to tell those around us in our society today that we dare not sideline the Christian faith we reject the uniqueness of the Christian revelation at our peril the Lord Jesus Christ declared I am the way the truth and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. If a person denies Jesus Christ as the Son of God, he will never find God the Father. Christianity, yes, is a loving and tolerant religion. But tolerance does not mean denying what we actually believe. Tolerance does not mean denying what Jesus Christ said about himself. And this passage here concerning Ahaziah is teaching us that to promote false religion. And to deny the uniqueness of the Christian revelation brings down the anger of God upon a nation. The only hope for our nation is the gospel of Jesus Christ. All other religions are false and inspired by Satan. If we love our neighbour... Let us tell him that Jesus Christ is the only way. Amen.